Let's see our opening prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, Heavenly Father. Divine Mother. Divine Mother. Beloved Jesus Christ. Beloved Jesus Christ. Blessed Master. Blessed Master. Dearest Mother. Dearest Mother. Beloved David. Beloved David. Saints and sages of all religions. Saints and sages of all religions. I bow to all of you. I bow to all of you. Free my life from all obstacles. Free my life from all obstacles. And give me physical, mental, and spiritual development. And give me physical, mental, and spiritual development. Make my mind thy temple. Make my mind thy temple. Make my heart thy altar. Make my heart thy altar. Make my love thy home. Make my love thy home. Be thou the only king. Be thou the only king, reigning on the throne of my consciousness. Reigning This evening is from Ephesians, 
chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. From Proverbs uh, 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. And a short one from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I thought I'd talk about intuition. So we start with Mother's teaching that that intuition is the voice crying in the wilderness. John the Baptist represents that. That intuition comes on you. As you think of God and raise your thoughts and raise yourself and raise your spirit to him, you then gain intuition. And in the Bible, it's John the Baptist being born. And John the Baptist and intuition is likened to the moon's um, glow from new moon to full moon. Mother said that intuition waxes and wanes. It's like the moon. We have clear, in, clear reflected light, clear reflected knowledge of God. And God, uh, these are the first glimmers of the divine. We then know that the divine, we intuit that the divine is within us and all around us. And that intuition 
comes from an old woman. John the Baptist is born. His mother is very old and probably wise. But certainly the wisdom that comes from age can be given to given to any of us through intuition at any age. Normally we think that this uh, higher understanding and wisdom comes from older from experience and older people. And of course it is that way many times. But intuition in a younger person can happen too. It's fraught with dangers because people who are very intuitive misuse it sometimes. The intuition that comes that we're talking about is that which comes before the Christ is born or before the Christ is um, fully involved in his mission. So the in the Bible, John the Baptist is very active in calling out um, criticisms to the people and asking them to be uh, baptized, to be cleansed, to be prepared to make way for the Lord. But within you, you, you know something is great. You know that there is something great about this life. And you feel it. And you follow it. In fact, if you, if you don't follow it, sometimes it can, it can save you from some troubles. If you can use your intuition, and you learn to um, experiment with it or experience it, know that you have guide, it's guided you, and then as play as things play out, you can see if it was reflecting something of uh, the outer world, and it's either warning you or apprising you of something. You can see what was that feeling, and was it true? Did it come true? This is such an important part of this experience, of this experimenting with intuition. We must be careful with it because it does wax and wane. And we can think that we have an intuitive um, thought, an intuitive idea. And uh, when we don't, when it is waning and it is um, not... Uh, well, it, it actually can be a test of your, of who's guiding your intuition. The ego, this is the playground for the ego too, because the ego, excuse me, the ego wants to be the smart person in the room or the person who predicted something and, and caused it. So that it will pretend to be an intuition about something. And it's really reflecting something that it wants. So it will, it will seduce you or tempt you into um, 
uh, actions or things that aren't that aren't good for you, aren't good for someone else, or both. But it is a wonderful thing to experiment and to experience. To experiment with and to experience. Because as you get better in your intuition, and you learn to use it when it's there, and when it's not, not to volunteer things. The, the intuition um, that we're talking about here, associated with the spine, occurs in the solar plexus and the and the part of this, which is the forward the forward uh, part of the center, and the it's called also the second brain. And when it's activated, it can be painful. It can be like a stab. You find yourself crouching forward or crouching around the ball of your solar plexus. I forget who said it. It may have been like one of the English poets or authors. But he said poetry should be felt in the spine. And I was so amazed when I heard that because, you know, the idea that we think we understand things because we're associated with the Eastern teachings and the, and there is, you know, so much wisdom and so much exact uh, knowledge about the body and everything in the East. But to... Um, to harness that uh, intuition into something that is truly grand, poetry and literature and expression, all the arts. So the reason Mother teaches this way, that it is it waxes and wanes, is to make us beware and to make us be careful with it and to also learn to really get good at it. So it is something you can improve. But the intention on our teachings is to go above it, to get, um, to use it as the doorway, the solar plexus and the preparation of the heart center. These are fruits, intuition is a fruit of the uh, movement of the spirit through the spine. Let me think, well, how could someone who wasn't trained in this go through it? Well, it doesn't require training. It is something natural to the body. We do, we've all experienced people who are very intuitive. And this is something they've earned. But it is, it is to prepare the mind for the preparation for, it is preparation for the Christ. These ideas that intuition plays a role in our outward life is true. And it's why you can experiment with it. And it is very interesting to, to feel it and to develop it and to know when it's coming to you. But to to aim it up the spine and to aim it to the divine within you, 
That's its true worth, its true best use. Getting through this ladder of consciousness, getting up this ladder, it is a very subtle thing. And it it doesn't come on us automatically in a way that is clear. And we struggle with this. So much of the spiritual path has a mental and emotional uh, aspect to it. And the training ground is the intuition and the development of what is called the sixth sense, all of those kinds of ideas. Now these are things that occur to the outer world, that have to do with the outer world. But the um, inner world has its own rules. You know, the guru comes to show that God wants us to come back. It's time. It's not time for everybody. But um, when these uh, powers uh, develop to a certain point, and sometimes when the guru comes into your life, then the powers come on you all of a sudden. And they're very difficult, they're confusing. And so you need that opportunity with the outer guru to experiment with that. And then we are taught to turn it within. And with each, uh, each development of each of the upper spinal centers, the heart, the throat center, and the third eye, that this is um, this plays out each in each location in each time. There's an outer aspect to it, and you learn from it, and you learn one thing only, and that is to go up, is to turn your attention. And the guru, eventually, as you go into the seventh center, or from the sixth into the seventh center, the guru, outward guru is not necessary or not active. And the inner guru is everything. Now the inner guru is there always also. The outer guru is a reflection of the inner guru. But it is a tremendous thing when the guru appears. Because it means you're close. It means that you're on the path, going back to God, going within. Much of what we listen to with Mother's Talks and David's Talks are the teachings of a guru to the disciples and pushing them towards God.
it's not for everyone because mother and David um, would have a, uh, a less than positive effect on some people. They think that, you know, there's too much talk about God. There's too much talk about. There's too many prayers and and there's things that people can't understand. But those of us who are on the return path and we know it and we are, we want it. And it really is the only thing that we can do to solve the problems that we are confronted with. So another thing that's important is the sensitivity of the body and mind and the, and the nervous system. And David had a lot to talk about in this. And he was taking on a lot in that way, more, more than mother did. Now, mother had things happen to her body that were involved with her disciples working things out. But David took it on himself and worked through it. He seemed to be working with it and uh, helping the person or persons, plural, all the time. He was, it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely true, though he was a football player and a regular person in a rough and tumble world of being a, a person out in a small town in the USA. You know, it's not like he was uh, ever thinking of going into a monastery or a convent or anything like that. But he was extremely sensitive, and I think... You know, he always explained it this way, too, that he was in such pain that only when any alternative to, uh, gave, you know, or when mother as an alternative to his his condition came into his life, he recognized that this is really the only way that will bring him any peace. So when the guru comes, that's a great day. I'm going to read a little bit of the readings that I had. I'm trying to think of doing this more often. Sometimes they're lost um, the first time you hear them read. Swami Muktananda has kind of shown me how valuable it is to repeat these things. So this is from Ephesians again. Sometimes this is hard to read. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And from Proverbs 
Second Proverbs. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Short one in Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. It's so important to surrender, to learn to surrender. I'm finding this out in fits and starts in my own life. And to not to surrender so much that I think there's some kind of tug of war, but rather to surrender to the fact that God is guiding each one of us. The mind just does not want to or cannot believe it. And yet everything in your life, good and bad, is something that is pushing you to God. It is only solved, it is only understood by turning to God. To finding that spiritual thread that spiritual current in your body that turns you, your mind and your eyes upward to God. I just am thinking so strongly of Mother. So many stories are told of great saints and great gurus because the people telling the stories see these people as super men and women. And so they tell stories. Some of them are true and accurate and some are not. But the stories themselves are there 
because of the impact that person had on each person. And so things happen around the guru. Things happen from the, the thoughts the guru has on you. And there's, again, there's lack of understanding sometimes what the guru is doing. But there is this clear, safe notion that it is the great, is the guru's greatness, it is the guru's power. And that power is being reflected in you. And your ability to see the power is that understanding that guru from within responding. Any thoughts? Well, here's my thought. Birds are singing sweet and low From the trees that gently grow Soft and soothing breezes blow on this lovely day To the meadow there go I To wander as the butterfly How the flowers please my eye On this lovely day I wish it could be always Life is easy on such a day I wish this peace on everyone On this lovely day La 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 Poetry to feel and respond.
poetry to feel in the spine. There, you've muted yourself. Poetry in the spine. I heard that, Joe. Thanks. I think um, that's all I've got right now. I like to let's say the closing prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, Heavenly Father. Divine Mother. Divine Mother. I feel the wonder and the beauty. I feel the wonder and the beauty. Of thy glorious presence. Of thy glorious presence. In every part of my being. In every part of my being. My heart is bursting with my love for thee. My heart is bursting with my love for thee. I kneel in adoration at thy feet. I kneel in adoration at thy feet. And surrender myself to thee. And surrender myself to thee. I feel the power of thy perfection. I feel the power of thy perfection surging in every cell of my body, surging in every cell of my body, my mind and my intelligence, my mind and my intelligence are radiant with thy healing light, are radiant with thy healing light, my soul is filled with the ecstasy and bliss, my soul is filled with the ecstasy and bliss of my communion with thee, of my communion with thee, I and my father are one. I and my Father are one. Blessed Spirit, I am He. Blessed Spirit, I am Music on as everyone leaves. <laughs>